Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Hello everyone and welcome to From Dial Square to Where. This is um, a positivity episode and it's unbelievable because we've got Glenn on the show. And it's going to be a positivity episode. <laughs> I'm way more positive than you. Go on. <laughs> well. Go on. Go on. And Ryan, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. How are you, how are you doing yourself? I'm not bad, thank you. Not bad at all. Yeah, not bad. And uh, obviously the way that I'd like the podcast to go so yeah i'm looking forward to the football and i think we've got a lot to, a lot of positives to look at and uh alonzo great to have you back it's been a yeah, while man. how are you i'm doing all right man just i just want to say healthy um i'm good i'm all right that is so cool he, <laughs> sound, he sounds just like darth vader how cool is that how cool is that what's the uh lockdown like over there now because of uh it's it's been you know, loosened a lot over here now over the last couple of days. We're allowed to do yeah. a lot more. In fact, um, old Boris has made another announcement. I haven't actually had a chance to read it yet or, or whatever. I don't know. Basically, There's some more loosening of the restrictions today. Yeah, but Yeah, it is basically what it is. What we what we all knew in the UK originally about the zoos and the, all this, the shops opening on Monday. But as of this weekend, anyone that lives on their own or has, has um, children under the age of 18, can now have a build a bubble of another household and have another household come into their house. Basically. Build a bubble. That's <laughs> like, what like, I've actually got to go and build a bubble. Oh, please, <laughs> please, please, please tell me it's like Bubble Boy from Seinfeld. Please, <laughs> please. No, he's exact, that, was, that was his exact words, a bubble. Oh, right, okay. That means you laugh. We're all going to have a bubble bar for a laugh. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> Hello, Carol, watching. Nice to have you here as well. Now, um, we, I'm going to start off. Glenn, you made a request to talk a little bit about the coverage of the football over in, in the States. Well, this, this, so, applies, this applies to you guys, too. Here in the States, in the Bundesliga, they, they give the TV audience fake crowd noise. I freaking hate it. I, um, and I just read an article that when football comes back in the UK, at least you guys have the option of fake crowd noise or, you know, just hearing the players yelling at each other and the coaches. Um, do any of you guys want fake noise? That's all I'm asking. I think I, I don't know if it's I'm overreacting or not. So, Glenn, so... Um... I watched the bonus table before on uh, TV, and I kind of like it because it gives uh, the players energy to go for glory. I guess it gives the players a sense of maybe it is false noise, but maybe it's kind of gives them a good idea. I don't know, but I, I kind of like it. I mean, okay, uh, 
All right, I just want to say one correction. The players can't hear it. Only the audience okay. can hear well, it. Then, um, I, I guess it gives us I, – I like it because it gives us, the fans, false noise, I guess. And I kind of like that. I, I don't yeah. like the static no, no noise. Okay, uh, Alonzo, um, I am in the minority. The majority of people here in America agree with you. Ryan and Andrew, I'll drop it after you guys answer the question. Are you going to take the option for fake crowd noise? I've already answered this to Glenn, but he's obviously got a memory like a sieve, so I'll leave it to you, Ryan. What? Who are you? <laughs> Personally, no, that would, that would drive me nuts. Hearing, okay. hearing, the, hearing that fake noise, hearing that noise, and that, then seeing your basically seeing there's no one there, so that, that just drive me mad. And I'd rather just well, the thing is that I, I think the TV companies are they're, they've completely changed the angle of the cameras by all accounts, and so they you can no longer see any of the stands. Well, in um, the Bundesliga, Andrew, you could see the crowds empty and hear yeah, the but, fake crowd noise. I think that, well, this is what I've been hearing anyway. But anyway, I totally, I'm totally happy with anyone to have the choice. I don't think it should be forced on anyone, but I think Thank you should you. have the choice. And Because I, I, I'm like Alonso, I actually, I'm going to give it a go with both. But when I started watching the Bundesliga very, very briefly, because I literally got up after 10 minutes and did the washing up because I was really bored. So I'm not into it at all. So, but I, I could, I didn't like the sound of it because it sounded like a five-a-side match between mates in a, in a gym, you know, like a, an indoor hall. And I, I couldn't, I just didn't, I didn't like it. It might grow on me. And I would want to listen to a bit of what, you know, the, the coaches are shouting, the players are shouting and everything. But I'd still like the uh, option of maybe having the crowd noise on every now and then as well, just for that, try and con myself that it's, you know, it's a, a normal match. But I totally understand your point of view, Glenn, and, and yours, right? you don't want it. So I think as long as you've got the choice, there's no issue, is there? No issue at all. Excuse me for a second, guys. Can someone please let the dogs in? I'm so doing we're a show. Go, we're only live, you know. You didn't have to mute your mic or anything, Glenn. You know that's fine. Oh, carry on. Okay, and, and then Christ. every time so I professional, aren't we? every <laughs> time I mute my. All right, whatever. Sorry. Go ahead. What, what were you Hi, babbling Ray. about? Are you done talking about the crowds now? <laughs> Am I done? You wanted to bring it up, you stupid muppet. I didn't. Anyway, yeah, let's move on. Oh, anyway, this goodness. is a positivity podcast because I think we've got a lot to look forward to. And there's, it's doing my head in that already, <coughs> I mean, this, especially this afternoon, we've, we've lost a, a warm-up game against Brentford and Brendan. the whole of Twitter is, is melting down, apparently. Oh, so no. I've seen it. it is. An absolute joke. Ridiculous. Absolute joke. And Georgia scored a game. Sorry? Was it scored a game? It was 3-2. Yeah. We were 2-0 up at half-time. And I presume Arteta completely changed the team again at half time. I don't know, but I presume he did because that's what he did against Charlton, and they they scored three goals in the second half. People, I mean, first things first, it's a pre-season friendly. Well, it's not pre-season, but you know what I mean. It's a friend, yeah. It's to get our fitness up. Yeah. And Brentford are actually a really good team. They're one of the, the favourites to be in the in the. Uh, playoffs in the yes. championship and they might be a Premier League team next season but anyway regardless of that it, it's meaningless so it's, it's a what, joke what I've been saying for the last hour on Twitter 
with a Twitter meltdown that we have in our, our fan base <laughs> does me five mad. It's a friendly to get fitness ready for next week. The more, more important game is next week. Exactly, yeah. Players ain't going to want to get injured always, at the moment, are they? That, and I bet they were at 50, yeah. 50 60% maybe. Because Yeah, is that... And all yep, these games yeah. were, were for sat, these, these games were worth to get mainly to get fitness. Nothing else. Get the fitness up ready. So there's no excuses come next week. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It doesn't mean meltdown, anything. And as as Andrew says, Brentford are one of the teams that could be a Premier League team next season. They're they're decent side. This is a team whose second team ran Brent, uh, Leicester City's team very close and were very unlucky in the FA Cup this season. Yeah, I know. But people forget this. Oh, I know. Which, it's, it's just a mentality that does my head in that we expect we expect to win every game. It's a again, it's a friendly, it's not a competitive <laughs> but, game. But you it's, know that what what positive came out of it for me because I only had literally I've I've had no more than about five to ten minutes maximum on on Twitter, and uh, I saw I saw a lot of Chelsea fans and Man United fans already on there giving us complete grief because we lost against Brentford, a warm up game. Saying, "Oh, these guys think they're going to beat Man City, and you know, next week, blah 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 blah," and giving us banter, and that says to me that they're worried about Arsenal. Oh, you know, cool. they're worried about Arsenal. They, you know, it's just anyway. It doesn't mean anything. I don't. Oh, here we are, Carol. Thank you. Put the team on. She's put. She's heard it was a quite a strong team. And yeah, I don't know whether it was that first half, Carol, or second half. But she said. Bellerin, Tierney, Guendouzi, Lacazette, not sure he was in goal, probably Martinez. But against Charlton, I think he played two completely different sides on in each half, didn't he? So um, I don't know. I know Lacazette got a goal and I know that I think it was Willett got the other one. Yeah, but um, guys, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Why. I know you guys aren't doing it, but I don't understand why we put uh, why so many people put so much into this. If you remember the real yeah. preseason, the, the real preseason we had the first couple of games and Kedia was like, you know, the next great thing. And next thing you know, he's out on loan. It's it's you know, it doesn't mean anything. And I don't understand why people get so reactionary about it. It, it no, just it's... is there anybody above eight years old on Twitter besides us? I, I don't <laughs> understand. I know it, it doesn't mean anything uh, at the moment regarding these particular games, but um, anyway, I, I want to move on to sort of the main sort of topics here, really, because the what's really been annoying me is that our extremely promising academy players that are coming through, and I, I, I don't understand why people aren't excited about these kids coming through, because to me. Being an Arsenal fan as long as I have, it's literally got the same feeling as like um, the late 80s all over again when we had Michael Thomas, David Rocastle, Tony Adams, Martin Keown, Ray Park, all these great players coming through from the academy after George Graham took over and he started all over, literally ripped up the sheet and started all over again and brought all these great players through that brought us all that success. I've got the same kind of feeling with all this crop of players that are coming through. And you see... And I, I, I scrolled through Twitter. I didn't have long, um, but I couldn't find the actual spe- specific tweet. But there was um, someone put a, a message out there saying, what do you think of... Um, and it was this particular one was about Zach Medley. And do you think Zach Medley will ever get a chance in the first team or make it? I hope so. And I don't know if you've seen this kid, right? But, I mean, this kid is six foot five. He's really, really quick. 
Mm-hmm. He's, he's had an excellent career in the uh, under-23 so far. He's really highly thought of. Never had a chance in the first team. I'm going to ask you a question. What's, and this is going to sound really crazy, and people that are listening or watching might think, you know, this is a crazy question. I'll go, for, I'll go to you first, Alonso, actually. What is the difference between Zach Medley and Dayot Upamakano? It's a I strange think, question, but that um, uh, uh, it's got a point to it. I think because Upamakano came from Germany, and he's been um, a veteran over there for uh, quite a few years now. And he's a, kind of a big name. He's established himself as a very talented um, fullback or center back. So mm-hmm. with that, I think he, he actually has some value to him. But Zach Medley, from what I've heard and what I've seen, he's got talent. And mm-hmm. this is why I don't understand like why us fans um, tend to want the big name players to come to Arsenal whenever we have players that could have potential. And whenever their time is come coming, they get either let go by the club or they don't get enough chances to succeed. And so they get they get thrown by the wayside, which I don't want to happen to Manly. I think he has a lot of talent. I think there's, of course, time to improve, but I will want our returning players to stay, not leave, you know. And the book of Connor, I mean, he could be talented, but we don't know. So I think it'd be a waste of um, money um, to get a player that doesn't know uh, the league very well. And it's a chance. It's always a risk. But I think we should just give a medley a chance as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, can, can I answer? What, what's, your, can, what's the answer to this question, Glenn? What's the thank difference you. between Upamakano and Zach Medley? All right. Upamakano is uh, further along in his development, and I think that he could, you know, uh, score quick. Uh, you know, that is, that is the difference. And, and uh, Medley, I love I love Medley. Absolutely love him. But, uh, you know, he's got it. And I also trust in Arteta that he's going to find some way to get this kid experience because uh, I really, really like him a lot. And uh, But right now, I, yeah, I would take Upa McConnell because he's further along in his development and uh, he could probably fit right into the squad. Ryan, what's the, what's your answer to that question? Well, same as Glenn at North. But I don't... My gripe is, why can't we have both? Yeah, go and get a... a, a um, up Marcano, bring him in. Even though he's still young, knowing his trade, because he's got experience, he used that to bring up the likes of Zach Melody. What's that? That, you've just hit the nail on the head. This, that's the answer I wanted, though. Is he's got the experience because he's had a manager behind him who was brave enough to thrust him in the team because he's 20, 21, I believe. Up Marcano, Zach Medley's twenty. Yeah. Now, he had a manager that was brave enough to actually give him that opportunity. Now, just say you you swap them round. Now, I'm not saying that Zach Medley is going to be a a really good player. He's going to be at the standard of Upper Meccano. Upper Meccano is clearly much more advanced at the moment because he's had over uh, one whole season, I think it's 18 months, in the first team already at 21. All right. Here's so, who knows whether Zach Medley is good enough at the moment. All right, stop screaming. We all agree. Um, 
<clears throat> here, here's, here, you know what I, why I trust Arteta to give Medley a chance, and that we won't see, we won't see him, you know, in another shirt being a superstar, is you know what he said about Mustafi, and people brought up all the mistakes that we all hate, and you know what Arteta said, he said I can fix those Mustafi mistakes, so I'm confident we have a manager that knows exactly. what the heck, knows what the heck he's doing, and I think Medley will get his shot. Yeah, exactly. In the past, we haven't had that. So, what I hate is when people say, "No, he's not good enough." How does anyone know if he, if Zach Medley is good enough at the moment? No one can say that he's not good enough because he hasn't had the chance in the first team. So that annoys me. I he he could be extremely. Valuable if, because he I can agree. play left back as well. He can play left back. Uh, yes, I completely agree. I do not want that knobbery feeling all over again. You know, but no, this time no, with exactly. someone on defense, give him his chance, and I'm confident Arteta will. Exactly, exactly. And the same thing goes. I'll move on to um, uh, Eddie Nketiah. <laughs> now, Eddie Nketiah <laughs> is now. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to sort of. Um, Name names or anything like that. But I've I've seen so many reports about Eddie Eddie and Ketty, and it, what makes me really almost laugh because it is quite laughable is that Eddie is just a poacher. I'm, I hear Eddie just scores goals. It's not enough in the modern game. I heard those words, and I'm sorry, but you know, give me a new sort of Ian Wright style player who was just banging them in left, right and centre rather than another, uh, you know, someone like Lacazette, for example. And I'm not, this isn't, this is just an example. I'm not rubbishing Lacazette or anything of the sort. But what I want in my centre forward is goals. Goals are the most valuable commodity in the whole of football. And at the end of the day, everyone on the pitch, all 11 players, all 10 outfield players, their whole overriding aim is to score more goals than the opposition. So that's why you put all the players on the pitch in the first place. So Eddie is a born finisher. Why wouldn't you want that in your team and in your squad? And I've seen, again, on Twitter, Eddie is not good enough. Eddie isn't good enough. He's never going to make it at Arsenal. He's never going to... And it's, drive, it's driving me absolutely mad because uh, he is a natural born finisher. You can't teach a lot of the stuff that he's naturally got. You know, okay, if the, yeah. Ars- if the Arsenal higher-ups are as split as the fan base on Enkedia, I think he needs to go on loan to a team that will use him, not like last season. And let's see what he's got. We'll know he's going to start most of the games for whatever team he's on loan at. Let's see what he's got. Uh, we, we got enough people to play you know, up forward that he can go on loan again. I, I think that Arteta can actually see what, he should see. I think he's, he's got a lot of faith in him. He, he, let's not forget, as before the shutdown, he was in the team Regular. pretty much every game in the last few games. Mm-hmm. And he, scored, who, he, he almost scored every game as well. I, I, yeah. almost, who, 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 who did Nketiah score against? Did he start? He scored against uh, Everton, yeah. Newcastle. And right. oh. he hit the... Didn't he hit the... He hit the, bar bar the only game he didn't score in, he hit the bar as well, and he's very unlucky. Um, yeah. uh, do you know what I mean? It's been it yeah. almost seems like about three years ago since the, the shutdown, but he yeah. definitely scored against Everton, he definitely scored yeah. against Newcastle. Um, to okay, name... all right, all three of you want him. Who, who are you going to bench? 
Tell me who you're going to bench. All three of you. Look, you're listen. all in love with him. Who are you going to bench? Go on, Ryan. Go on, Ryan. Strength and depth. What for years we we've exactly yeah. Strength and depth. And yeah, Portsmouth. Thank you, yeah, Ray. He people, scored against Portsmouth. People are going to be dropped. He might be dropped for a few games. It's going to be. It's just all about squad rotation now. What I say. What I think is that he should ultimately because. And this is only if we get we could even get a buyer. I think that we should, as much as I hate to say it, because I, I still do like the guy. Cause I, I think it's off off field problems that's caused him to have on field problems. If you know what I mean. Who are you talking but about? Lacazette. Oh, I think yeah. we should sell Lacazette, and I think Eddie and Ketia should replace him in the squad. But and bear with me, he should he should be on the bench because I don't think Lacazette should play at the moment anyway. Because I, I think I, I would love to see um, a front three of Pepe, Aubameyang, and on the left, a rotation of Saka and Martinelli. You know, the, real quick, and then I'll, I'll shut up. I, I forget buying. I'll, I'll, I'll swap Laka for Partey, and that's what Absolutely. I want. That's what I want to do. Absolutely. So at the moment, I don't think Lacazette makes the first eleven if we put our strongest team out on the pitch, I don't think we should accommodate players anymore. No. And I think that Eddie Nketiah is a more than capable deputy on the bench to come on to score goals. And, and I think we have to be clever yeah. with the way that we're going to start building the squad moving forward. And I think that um, we can make some money or a swap with someone like Lacazette because he's got value still at the moment. And let's not forget, um, Arteta did have a chance to loan him out in January. But yeah. literally, like the last couple of weeks, the, the last week or two before the window closed, he decided no. He saw something on the training field and he brought him back yeah. that he yeah. thought would benefit us, and it has worked. Exactly. So, so I said, clearly, uh, see something in him. I, I was, I think it's a pretty safe bet that either Laka or Aubameyang are, are in their last season at Arsenal, and I'd rather see Enkedia play full-time for a team on loan. I, I understand what you guys are saying about depth, and I respect it, and I'm not even arguing with it. It's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. So what would you, you keep Lacazette in an ideal world? No, I told you my ideal world. It's a perfect swap for both teams. Uh, Lacazette for Partey. We're both filling a need. I don't understand why it hasn't been done yet. <laughs> so, you did, so with the swap for Lacquer and Partey, you'd still load out in Ketia. No, then I'd keep them. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Why'd you say that five minutes ago? Come oh, on, <laughs> No worries. Well, going through another thing that um, was doing my head in as well on, on Twitter was about how um, Chelsea, City, United, and Spurs are all going to be outspending us in the market and we're going to be left behind and we're going to be dropping down the table rather than, you know, looking over our shoulders rather than looking ahead, looking upwards. And um, this is, again, and my answer to that was, it doesn't matter about the money, right? Well, Man United are managed by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So whatever, they, they can buy whoever they like. They ain't going to go nowhere. Chelsea have got Frank Lampard, who he, I'm not going to say he isn't going to be a, a good coach and moving forward, but he, he's def, he's not at the same ballpark or level as Mikel Arteta, in my, my opinion. 
Mikel mm-hmm. Arteta pisses all over him tactical-wise and, and coaching-wise. And then you've got Mourinho, who is still, you know, planting all the bombs underneath that new toilet bowl of the stadium, waiting for it to blow <laughs> up. <laughs> and Pep is Pep. But their form dipped after Mikel Arteta left, and it says it all to me. But he's also not going to be there forever. He's not going to be there yeah. for much more than you know a season or so. I think, and I he, think he's gone after this season. I think exactly. Yeah, and I don't, he may well be because that um, court case um, was a few days ago, wasn't it? So we should yeah, we're going to find ago. out the results of that within the next two, three, four weeks. Well, and they might July. still be out. Of, uh, you know that that whole club could implode after <laughs> after that. But just anyway, on, yeah, just on that, we've apparently UEFA come out and said we'll find out in July. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We so, just wait. We just wait for Manchester City to give us a little bit more money, and then we'll fi- we'll figure this whole thing yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, my God. My answer to all of that stuff, anyway, is that we've got Arteta, and at the moment, and I know it sounds stupid, but regardless of our incomings and outgoings and blah blah blah, I'm just fucking. I'm just so happy that we got Mikel Arteta because I, I really believe in the guy. I think that what everything that he said, uh, you know, during this shutdown as well, everything I've seen on on YouTube just fills me full of confidence. And um, I think our I think our young players, which I keep going back to, are so underestimated at the moment. Uh, I've got a lot of belief in these kids as well because we can't lose sight of the fact that. They've all been together for such a long time now. I mean, apart from Martinelli, obviously, who's come in. But our core group of academy graduates have been together since they were like 9, 10, you know, 11 years old. And I think it's such... You cannot underestimate that bond that they've formed of wanting to play to, together in the first team for Arsenal. They will just... They will fight for each other and they will do anything for each other. So that is something that we really should look after and, and sort of make sure it, it flourishes. Um, I mean, Glenn, what do you think about that? Uh, well, let, let Alonso answer first. He's just sitting there so quietly. Someone's going to throw dirt on him. So, um, uh, yeah, you answer I first. Someone's Alonso. under his desk. Like, his <laughs> or something. No, let him, I, 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 I feel like I hog too much, the, the talking time. Well, I'm excited because with the core group we have, it kind of benefits Arsenal and England as well, England being the big Lions. So for the majority of them are from England, so we will help them out as well. And it's just fun to watch. I think it reminds me a lot of the back in the two, late, late 2000s when we had Wilcott, Wilshire, Ramsey, and those core guys. Even though most of them didn't come from the academy, I think this one's even better. I think you have Willick, you have Reese Nelson, you have Reyes Fitzroy. You have um, gosh, Saka. So I think these guys have a bond. And I think if they stay together, uh, look out. You know, I think you, you you might want to compare them to Class 92 with Manchester United because they're that talented and that, that special, you know, that it's, it's just amazing to see them. And, and most importantly, they're Arsenal through and through. And so they want to be here. And I think Arteta, Arteta has made a difference in that. Uh, that's just my opinion. Yes, I completely agree. I think uh, in Arteta we have our own Chris Wilder, who who the players believe in, and he can motivate them. That's why I think we're going to hit the ground running against Manchester City, and I think we're going to win that game. Uh, as far as your other things, uh, I agree with you, Andrew. We have probably the most exciting 
group of young players. But here's where I disagree with you a little bit. Um, we have to compete with these billionaire oil company owners, okay? And now Newcastle's probably going to have one too. So luckily, we have a front office that is good in spotting talent, but we're going to have to be ruthless. We might have to swap one of those younger players to get a more veteran player in. Uh, but otherwise, I completely agree with everything you said. Hmm. Well, let's just go through some of these comments. Um, let's have a look. Now, Ray said um, he heard that the ex-Arsenal youngster Josh De Silva scored and slid around in celebration. Willock and Lacker scored. Oh, so um, Josh De Silva was for Brentford. Sorry, that's Carol said that. I do beg your pardon, Carol. Um, our most potent front three, says Ray, is Pepe, Alba, Martinelli. I think that's uh, about right. With I sort of, you know, like I said, definitely wouldn't leave Saka out of that as well. Carol, I would have been in a hurry to offload. I wouldn't be uh, hurrying to offload players until we know if we can replace them. That's a very good point. Exactly, Carol. You know, fifth place isn't really up for grabs, right? Because uh, Orla might be coming in as coach or director of football. What? You said? Which, ah, let him play one more season. Get over, <laughs> get over here and play one more season. He can be back up. He might well be. I don't, wanna, no, I don't want to see him in a suit watching from the press box. Let him, <laughs> let him put your shorts on, and then next year you can put a suit on. No oh, way. Yeah. I wouldn't put him through that in the uh, Premier League. His legs have been through enough, I think. Uh, Carol. Where did you see that? Um, is that a direct quote from Cazorla? I'd be interested to know that. And Melvin. Hi, Melvin. It's all right playing all these kids, but the other players have to step up to the plate or it could destroy them. And I, I replied to that saying I was coming on to that. And that isn't, that isn't another big thing that I, I'm, I'm actually really confident about because we know that we've... we've the only unbeaten team in 2020, we, you know, we're doing well. We're on a good run. We, yes, we were drawing too many games, but we were, those games we would have lost under Emery. Absolutely no shadow of a doubt. We were going in the right direction. We're a lot more solid, a lot harder to beat, and we won our last three games. Yes, we, you know, had a bit of luck here and there. However, the players are responding to his, um, you know, his, his tactical tweaks and, and the way that he's been managing. But this break that he's had, Initially, and I, I've turned full circle on my thoughts because initially I thought it was going to be a bad thing for Mikel Arteta, and I thought, well, he's had a nightmare start to his uh, managerial career with everything that's happened and the way that the club, the state it was in when he when he arrived. But I think it's actually been a really good time for him because he's had so much thinking time and he's had an awful lot of time speaking to the players on a one-on-one -on -one basis and and as a group. I think he. Um, would have had so much opportunity to actually lay out his plans and thoughts uh, for for, his, for the future of the team moving forward and the way he wants them to play. So I think that they, it, we're going to see the best of them um, for the remainder of this season and sort of in the lead up to next. It just depends on David Luiz for me, and I'll I'll come round round to your thoughts on on him. I think we really need to try and and keep him, and without a shadow of a doubt. Because we can't replace him at the moment, we know that, and he is a true leader. And he, the young players, especially responding or respond to him, you know, especially Martinelli um, with the obviously the fact that they're both Brazilian, that they've got a tight bond. Apparently, they're really good mates, and uh, mm. 
I think you really, really need to put a lot into keeping him. Um, what are you? What do you think, you guys? On uh, on. I want to. I, I want to keep him. Uh, he's uh, he's a leader, and he's still a great distributor from the back. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Ryan, what same, do you think? Yeah, same here, and also I think I've heard in the last couple of days that, that there is talks of him actually staying now for another year. Yes. That's what, that's what I've heard. Excellent. It's not gospel. So don't, oh, don't all right. It could be paper talk. Well, Stupid uh, me. Yeah. It was widely UK. reported about this 23 million or blah, blah, blah that for the season, mm. but we haven't got to pay a lot of that again. You know, we've, we've got to pay his. We're not going to have to pay another loan fee or agents, big agents fee or anything like that. It's just his wages. So uh, it's not going to be anywhere near that amount to keep him for another year. What, do you want to keep him as well, Alonso? Is it a full hour? <laughs> At first, I did not want him to come to Arsenal, but I think watching him on games, watching him talk to uh, guys like Mustafi and, and Martinelli, I think that he's made a difference, and he's been a captain in the back center. The defensive part of the game, he's been a good captain, I guess, for yeah. those guys in the back. I think that uh, I, I would want him to stay because he means a lot to uh, Martinelli, and, and um, I think not only him, but also the South American kids as well. Mm. Absolutely, I, I think he's been a great leader on on, on the pitch, and uh, I'm glad if he if he does stay for another year. The other thing is, um, when it comes to the the elder statesman of the team, if you like, as well, I think they've got a different attitude. I've just seen a different attitude in them since he's arrived, and I think that's only going to have got better during this this lockdown. I think we're going to be going all out the rest of this season, and. I've been saying all along that I, I don't, I just don't, I'm not going to say we're going to win, but I don't think we're going to lose against City. If we can get some kind of result against City, <laughs> whether that's just a draw or just avoid defeat even, it's I the, think we will. It's the, it's the tone setter for the rest of the season. Well, I, we you know win, I don't we think win it is. and it's a top four run. I, uh, I, we I lose. don't think it's the end of the world if we lose against them. Let's, I'll put it that way. I don't think it is. Because at the end of the day, they're City, and they're going to be passing around, passing around, passing and passing us to death. But, <laughs> but I, I am still confident we ain't going to lose. But it's not the end of the world if we do. I still think we're going to have a good good end to the season. But um, I, I do think that the um, the older players are going to step up and, and help. And also the the younger players. I think we should play a few young players against City because they will also set the tone. And the the more experienced players ain't going to want to be, you know, outshone and outclassed by our youngsters, are they? At the end of the day, so that, it's only going to help all round, I think. Healthy um, competition, five substitutions. Uh, I'm very confident because we got a deep bench. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do. I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fascinating, actually, how the uh, managers through the league are going to use these five subs, you know, tactically. I don't think it's just going, be, just going to be replacing players just to stop them from being injured and to give them a breather. I think it's going to be used very tactically as well. So it's going to be quite fascinating. Well, I'm not going to complain, you know, if Arteta leaves people out, but I hope he doesn't do like I watched the first two Dortmund games and Sancho was on the bench to start the game. I'm like, what the? That's the whole reason I'm watching. So... I think he had a bit of a knock, didn't he? Yeah. But, um, Carol, no, but he came so... into the game. He came into the game both times later. I yeah. just, you know. I don't think I, he was quite ready, but he's a different class at the moment, isn't he? My God. Um, Carol says, I think Arteta is a different class to Wilder. I don't think Sheffield United would do well next season. That's an interesting one, Carol. But uh, I think Arteta is a different <coughs> class to him. But I, 
you can't underestimate them. <coughs> I think they are going to be tough. I think Sheffield United are going to be really ready for this restart, and I th I'm quite worried about them. I, I heard an um, interview with uh, Ollie Norwood on the BBC Football Daily podcast, and he was literally so confident. Um, and he said they were ready to start, you know, whenever. They've been ready all the time. They kept them. They were actually fitter. Their analytics came back that they were fitter than when last summer, before the uh, start of like, the season, just gone. So I, I think we need to worry about them. However, it's just down to how the no crowd, lack of crowd in their stadium is going to affect them. So that, I think that gives them quite a big. We've seen in the Bundesliga as well, so in the, in the nights of Bayern Munich go to these lesser teams. Without that crowd, they're just rolling over the teams now. Yeah. yeah. With so I think that's going to, we're going to see a similar thing in the Premier League now. Like Vassal going to Brighton on the first weekend. And yeah. Norwich at home and things. We're, we're going to see a lot of that now. The bigger teams steamrolling the, the lesser teams. That's mm -hmm. what to expect. Well, we only just lost to them last season away. I keep saying last season, earlier this season. <laughs> um, we should have had a penalty as well. Um, you remember when Socrates was... Oh, that's right, back? yeah. Um, we played appallingly in that match. We only lost 1-0 under Unai Emery. So I'm really confident that we'll beat them in the FA Cup. Um, can we can we do a like a Lord of the Rings thing with Unai Emery and make it the name that is never mentioned? Because every time yeah, I hear his name, I get so that, yeah. I get so so friggin' annoyed. So maybe you know, next time you could say, "Remember the last coach, yeah. the name who shall not be mentioned." It just because it hurts my stomach when I hear his name. Well, if Mourinho's the special one, he's the greasy one, shall we say? Oh God, no, 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 no. <laughs> Good evening, one. <laughs> um, but, oh, God. <laughs> I, Holy crap. It gives me stomach acid when I even think about the fella, so I don't even want you know, I'm quite happy to do that. <laughs> doesn't when he, doesn't when he doesn't shut up, though. He, every, two, every week or two, he pops up with some other excuse why he got sacked and why it didn't work out. But, yeah. you, you know you know what it's like? Remember when David Moyes just flamed out at Manchester United <laughs> and his career was basically over, his reputation was over. <laughs> Unai Emery had the name that shall not be mentioned. <laughs> you know, had a pretty good rep. And now nobody wants to hire him. He's saying, Oh, my girlfriend made me do that, whatever the hell he was saying a few months ago. Uh He'll come out next time with holding one of those voodoo doll things with Tinder. <laughs> this is the reason I lost. <laughs> you know. Oh my! What well, a said, apparently Cazorla said Arteta has asked him to come back. His contract finishes in Spain this year. He doesn't want to, or he doesn't think he wants to carry on playing. He said he sees his future role as more uh, something for football, as more for of football. Uh, so yeah, that, that's really interesting. I have to sort of search that out. But it, it'd be great to have him back to coach the kids. It's really inspirational. Ray said, "Glenn is right. It will set the tone. Our toughest game first. I think it is the best game that we could have had possibly because we're going to be really up for that game. And if anyone, I've said this hundred times. I do apologise for repeating myself. But if anyone knows how to beat Man City, it's Arteta. <laughs> He's going to know them inside out and all their players." There's no Say that well, again, Ryan. 
So there's no coincidence as well with Man City. They, we know they were poor this season, the mm. first half. But the second he's left have got even worse. Yeah, I know. You're, you're seeing that. I'll be right track. back, guys. I'll be right back, okay? okay? I'm not I'm just I'm just I'm just stopping the camera. I'll be right back. Mute your mic. I don't want to hear you shouting at your family. <laughs> that Andrew is such a dick, let me tell you. I can't stand that fucking I'm so glad that I'm taking a break from him. Oops, forgot to turn off my mic. <laughs> <laughs> But as I was saying, we're seeing, we have seen since Arteta that Pep's tried doing different things with Man City, mm. and the players are rejecting that, and it's getting, it's affecting their performances. That's why we could see Liverpool win the title next weekend at well, Goodison Park if we I'm, obviously win against City. Exactly. Yeah, I, um, De Bruyne looks overweight since he came oh, back. You know what? You know, I give a bun for his money. You know when people break up with their, you know, someone and they sit there and eating like ice cream on the sofa, crying, watching sad films or something. I reckon that's what's happened with the players since Arteta left. They're all missing him badly and he's broken their hearts and all that sort of stuff. So they're all putting on weight and giving up. You're sitting there with jogging bottoms on and, you know, stuck in <laughs> yeah. your face with Hagen Das. Hagen Das. <laughs> <laughs> You see, um, you see Lacazette and Tavera literally ready, ready to go. Like, come on, then. Do you know what? I, I, I'm really confident about it. That, that you know, if we can but just beat the them, then play- you- also the senior players had us speaking about Arteta during this lockdown period. Had us spoke about how he'd been interacting with the players individually as a group on Zoom or whatever. Mm. Constantly, even Martinelli the other day, the same. He tasked me in a sense of. We looked back at the NPR cost game. He sent me off to do some homework about it. I've come back. He asked me, what did I notice I did wrong? What can I improve on? Mm. And, I, and then I gave his feedback, and it's helping him. Even Kintini's like singing these phrases as well. Hey, Ryan, just watch it on the um, the, part, the the video with Torreo and uh, Emilio uh, Martinez and Martinelli. Was that the video you're talking about? That was a good video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I don't think I've seen that one actually. It's on an Arsenal channel. I tell you what, I saw this morning. Um, Ask Blog posted it on Twitter this morning. It was an interview that um, with Steve Round. Steve Round. Steve Round. Did you watch yeah. it? I haven't watched it. I've been. Re- I've read some of the notes that have come out. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But, I but it's, it's nearly it. an hour long, it's, and it's it's really really good. And that's another reason to be really positive, I'll tell you. If you don't know much about Steve Brown, watch this video and it, it's, get a little bit more about his background and what he's, what he's done and who he's worked with, like Man United, England. The guy is, is really, really uh, encouraging. And he said he, because he managed um, Arteta before or worked with him, I can't, well, it's escaped my mind slightly. I think he actually managed him before or definitely worked with him. But he said that when he, when Arteta called him and asked him to come, he didn't even hesitate. He said that Arteta, in his mind, is not only going to be the best coach in the UK, he's going to be one of the best coaches in the world. He's got no doubt hmm. about it. He had no hesitation to come and work for him and gave a lot of background information about the, the setup and how they work and um, uh, the, how they work with the players. And it's all really, really uh, encouraging. So definitely give you... Um, the link in the the notes afterwards to or 
obviously search uh, blog on Twitter and he put the, the link out there this yeah. morning. But it was Ars- worth a watch. Arsenal fans are never going to totally agree on anything. But I think the majority of fans realize that before this, you know, enforced break, we were getting a little bit better every game. Mm-hmm. And, and we had a nice little run going. And, uh, you know, I think that's very positive. Plus, Arteta says all the right things. The players seem inspired by him. You know, but like I said, not everybody's going to agree. But I'm confident, very confident. You know, yeah. it's funny how like um, he he spoke to Ian Wright, and he had nothing but good things to say about his training, about the way he does things. Mm, so as an Arsenal fan, you got to be encouraged by that. And also, you know, being a, as as captain like Arteta was, he knows the Arsenal way, and I think that's so important when we hired him. He knows what it takes. He knows what it, what it takes to win the FA Cup. So I think it kind of all comes around and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before the show is over, Alonzo has to say, Luke, I am your father. Okay, go ahead, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, uh, go ahead. Carol said, you, last season you can bet Arsene Wenger would definitely have beaten at least one of Palace or Brighton at home to secure top four. Even if we were on a bad run, he would have done yeah. it as well. I think mm. anyone, I think anyone managing us apart from Greasy, the Greasy one, uh, would have beaten <laughs> one of those teams. <laughs> You know, I'll give you an example <laughs> about how she's right because he beat a fifth place Arsenal, beat the champions in the FA Cup final. And people say we would lose, we would lose that game. So she's yeah. right about winning the big games. Yeah. I think I said this on Ryan's show. Remember when we had our top four fate in our hand last year and yeah. he started El Nenny and uh, Guendouzi in midfield? Uh, and, and, uh, and oh, my God, Palace. And I'm, getting, I'm getting acid reflux just thinking about it. <laughs> you on. brought it up, old man. I didn't. Carol did. Oh. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Carol. Cedric, not in the team. Or the bench, will he ever play? I think it, I think, I think I'm right to say he's got a fractured cheekbone, isn't he, yeah. or something? He's wearing, a, he's wearing a mask, so I think so. Yeah, he, he, I don't think he's available, Carol. I think he's either, it's either his eye socket or cheekbone or something. He's got <laughs> got head, someone headbutted him in the training, I think, but accidentally clash of heads. So Wait, I'm sorry, who was that? Who, I was Cedric, looking... Cedric Suarez. Oh, okay. I don't think it's going to keep him out for long, though, so that's positive for... Uh, Hopefully, we will see him before the end of the season to see if it's worth keep. But I, I, I'm pretty much sure that he's already an Arsenal player, if I'm honest. I, hmm. I think he will be. So, you, you think he'll stay Arsenal? Yeah, I do. I think because he can play, as, uh, by all accounts, Artis has said that he can play a defensive a midfield role as well as wing back or you know, full back. So yeah. I think he's going to be quite a handy person to have for free yeah. in this in this current climate. All all part of squad building. I'm completely on board with that. You know, he's a he's a he's a good good squad player who's flexible. Yep, he, sign me he, up. He won the Euros with Portugal. So you're not going to win the Euros with Portugal if you're a, a crap player no. or play in the Premier League. So at the end of the day, yes, exactly right, Glenn. He's going to boost the squad. He's He's ready for the Premier League. He's got a lot of experience in the Premier League. So, yeah, I've got no issue with him. The only problem is we have like eight centre-backs right now. Somebody No, has no, but he's not a centre-back. Right. He can't. He, I know, but he can. He, he can play wing. He can play centre-back. He can play a little. I understand that. But uh, yeah, I know, we, I know. we have players that have to go. Yeah. Out on loan or, you know. I think Mr. I think, I think RJ, he's trying hey. to get, he wants to get rid of our... Um, 
um, Socrates and Mustafi are the top two centre-backs he wants to get rid of. Yeah. I can see. If it's only one of the two, I would make it Socrates. Yeah. It, move, it moves me on to the next player I wanted to talk about. Again, which I, I really get annoyed listening to all the negativity about. And that's a Callum... Oh, not, I always get them mixed up, sorry. Not Callum Chambers, Rob Holding. Rob Holding, Rob Holding is, a, is a good player who needs to get that run of the game. If anyone doubts him, all you need to do is watch the 2017 Cup final again, just to remind yourself how good the guy is. This, you know, is, it, yeah, this is a player who bossed Diego Costa in the Cup final. Exactly. Diego Costa he, at his peak. He has been... Um, Riddled with injuries for eighteen months, and it people when he gets back into the team, people expect him to be back up there a hundred percent from game one. You know, he mm. just drives me mad. No, earn your earn your way back into the team. Whether you you know whether you start, you know, I don't even know if there's going to be any cup games, but let him earn it. Learn his let him earn his way back onto the team. I agree with you with his potential, but it's time for him to put up or shut up. That's all I'm he saying. Did, he's got to have a run of games, Glenn. He, he, you've got to persevere. And, and expect him to make a few mistakes in the, in within the next two, three, four games. Okay, so starting because he's, he's coming back, you know. I understand, and I'm not saying to get rid of him. But he's got to have more than one or two games in a cup because he can't play the FA Cup match and then and then drop out again. You know, you've got to you've got to persevere and get him back fit because. The guy is a good player, and it just drives me mad when people write him off if he doesn't hit the ground at 100%. I get that. All right, so I get that. I understand. Stop telling me that. I I agree with you there. I don't understand why you keep going on about it. So you're saying, uh, you're saying, (laughs) I'm not. I'm not, it's just your argument. If I I stop talking, you're going to tell us for four minutes again how much you love holding. I'm going to move on to Pablo Marie. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. So what you're saying. So wait. So what you're saying is, starting with Manchester City, you'd have David Luiz and Rob Holding in there. In an ideal world, in an ideal world, I would play Rob Holding for the next nine games of the rest of the season. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. You don't have to say anything else. Go on to Marie. I really hope that Pablo Mari's is staying as well, and I'm pretty sure because you know I've been asked the question uh, if he's staying. I, I genuinely think he is because I. I can't remember the exact amount, but it's somewhere around six to between six and eight million. For, uh, hey, Andrew, I, I heard it was ten million. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's ten million. Ten million. It's still a bargain. Yeah, it's a very good bargain. Of course, he's going to stay. He, he, he went from kicking a grapefruit in the street to Arsenal Football Club. Of course, he's going to stay. This is his big break. Why is he going to leave? Calm down. I didn't say he was. That vein in your neck is going <laughs> to wrap itself around you like a, a, a snake and strangle you to death one day. <laughs> hey, 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 how much coffee do you drink, man? <laughs> I drink too many energy drinks a lot, oh, so man, you, I'm on. busted. I know. I know. I get hyper. Hey, but, Andrew, you have so... to counteract the, the, uh, the spliffs that you have. I want to make a point. I'm gonna make a point real quick. So remember a couple of years ago how we gunners gunners thought that uh, Chambers and Rob Holding were their future center backs of Arsenal. Yeah, and it's so disappointing how inside how they both got 
knee knee ligament injuries. Yeah, I know. And it's like, you know, the future is so bright together. And they can still be a, a, a good, in my opinion, a good good combination. But it's just so sad how, you know, you even, even this year, Chambers, Chambers was on his way, you know, again. And he got hurt. And it was so, I was so happy when he scored against, uh, who was it? Uh, Newcastle, right? It's going against Newcastle, and and it was this whole yeah, so happy first game of the season. Yeah, I was like, yeah, come on, and and then he got hurt, and I was like, oh man. <laughs> I know he was having a really good game against Chelsea as well. Yeah. Um, that game that we lost, wasn't it? But um, I do you know if party doesn't happen, and unless we can be creative, it's going to be tough. But by all accounts, Tottenham. Have let have borrowed 175 million quid from the Bank of England. 175 million, and apparently they, they're not allowed to spend it on any players. However, they're, they're going to find a way around that. And they're going to buy it, spend it on players. For God's sake, it drives me mad. And you know that amount could keep all of the English football pyramid going. You know, uh, league championship down to League One, League Two. But don't don't get me started on that. Anyway, but Spurs have lent that money. Apparently, we're going to be looking at, um, at getting a loan as well as a club because the it makes sense to because of the interest rates, it's like yeah. half a percent or something. So mm-hmm. it's virtually free money. So if we can do something like that and and get Thomas Party, fantastic, you know. Uh, but if we couldn't, then I'd love. To see um, Callum Chambers potentially uh, play like a holding midfield role as well, because that, he, he's another utility player. I'm not saying he's the answer long term, but he, he, he's a useful squad player to have. Similar to what we said about um, Cedric Suarez, um, he, he can play in, uh, multiple positions. Yes, didn't Callum Chambers win the Fulham Player Year as defensive midfielder? Yeah, he played a, yeah. yeah played the whole season there and won their sit player yeah. player of the year, didn't he? And uh, mm-hmm. very very promising there. So he, he's a very useful squad player. And it's great to see him running again, but he's not going to be back until the uh, later part, you know, in the, in the year, which is a shame. But at least he's running again. Um, and it's also a shame. I, I don't think, see the reason why he couldn't. But Saliba, well, it's a shame that he can't play until next year as well, isn't it? Yeah. It would have been great That's to see him, yeah. but. Hopefully, he's going to be joining up the squad and that will give him a good head start in settling into the team and finding somewhere to live and getting settled before the new season kicks off as well. So, that's that's still positive. Um, I see some more of these comments. Carol said, Rob Holden is just as good or better than John Stones. I think he is. I think anyone's better than John Stones. What, what <laughs> Do you know what, though? As regards England centre-backs, there's not many good ones at the moment, is no. there? I think Rob Holding, with the Euros being uh, put back a year, if he could get them to the back into our team, there's no reason he couldn't be an England player next summer in the in the Euros because I don't think he's got that much competition, if I'm honest. So it's it's a good incentive for him. Um, Rob Holding is very good, says Ray. I want him to be given a, a fair crack to play too, and I think these next uh, next nine games or ten games or whatever we've got. Um, in, it would be great just to get him back to fitness. Now, what are you guys' thoughts? Um, I'll go to you first, Glenn, on this one as well. People somehow as well th- seem to think you've either got to go for the go for it in the league 
or shall we go for it in the FA Cup? I mean, at the end of the day, we've only got a maximum of what? 13 games left, I think, this season, if we get to the FA Cup final. So I think we should go for it in every single game. Yes. And win that as well. I'm not. I'm not saying go, I want them to go out and win the league next season. I want a team that competes for the league title every season. That's the excitement that I want. I want them to go go all out in every cup competition. That's what I want. I want to compete and 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 you know, if we're in the running for the Premier League title in in May, how exciting is that? That's all I want every year. Not to be like, oh, geez, I hope we make a run and we you know, and we and we get the sixth and may, maybe Manchester. City will be you know, eliminated from the Champions League. The hell with that. Let's compete. That's all I want. I don't see any reason why not. And I said this last season. People forget as well that, was it two seasons ago, Liverpool were 25 points behind Man City. Mm-hmm. The, the very next season, they only got beaten by one point. Yeah, I agree with you, dude. I totally agree with you. Uh, it, I think it was your show, Ryan, where Richard said he doesn't think we're going to compete for uh, for a league title oh, for for ten seasons, and that, I think that's no, ridiculous. That blew my mind. That's ridiculous. I th- yeah, I think I think we are a DM and a center back away from being legit. I mean, totally yeah. legit. I think okay. that um, we. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think that people seriously underestimate the the power of good quality coaching. And I think we've got, I cannot specify enough. I really think that we've got an amazing coach. And I think we need to put a lot of faith in him. And people just don't take that into account. Look at Sheffield United again. We talked about him earlier. Look at the way that he has turned that team around from its arse. Nearly Mm. bankrupt. Maybe three, four years ago. And look at them now. And that's only because of a quality coach. And, and we, we well. just, exactly, yeah. So I don't think there's any reason why we can't. Yeah. Do you know what? Let's make this point again. Look at our our youngsters, and you look at all the best players in the world. They all started off as academy prospects from somewhere and got mm. given a chance. What's to say that we haven't got? the stars that we need in the squad already in, in one of those or two of those players. Well, you're going to have to accept mistakes on the job training. I'm not oh, willing to, yeah. I don't want that now. I, you know, give some of the youngsters a chance and, and, uh, but I don't want, exactly. it's the same thing I say about Guendouzi because I like the kid, but uh, I don't want him starting every game because he's got mistakes in him. I, I want leaders out there that know what they're doing right now. Yeah. Mm. Hi, Tony. Thanks for watching. Um, I, I, I spoke to Kevin Campbell about this a few weeks ago. And I was recording for his channel. What was that noise yeah. in the background? I was, oh, it was the name drop. Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Talking of name drops, did you did you see? Sorry, I talked about it. Now I'm not going to uh, expand on this. Did you see? I had an argument with Gary Neville on Twitter today. I'm seeing that. <laughs> no, I had a proper conversation with him on Twitter, but it's about the racism, so I ain't going to go into all that sort oh, of stuff. Yeah, thank right, you. Right. Carry no, on, Ryan. Sorry. What no, did Kevin Campbell say? No, I, no, I was saying to him basically. Um, I was comparing Arteta when he's come into the club back in December to when George Graham came in. The, the mm. similar, just so similar in the situations they're in. When yeah, Graham definitely. Came, we're, when George Graham came in with it, we were, we were in the absolute dire straits. We weren't competitive, nothing. He's come in, 
And what, and what another, another, another comparison was the youth. He had a good youth setup ready to go. And what's Arteta got? Good youth mm. setup. There's, there's very similar things there in place. Foundations that Arteta can now lay down. Exactly. I, I, I'm doing a, um, a show about this uh, on Friday because I've been thinking about it for about three, four weeks now. It was around the anniversary of the 89 triumph. Uh, gave me the idea because we're in it. We are and I, exactly the same. Totally agree, Ryan. In a similar position, and I think you know we can take an awful lot of you know leaves out of that book, if you like, as well. for what George Graham went through and what he did. And I, and I think there's so many similarities and so many things that we can draw upon from that experience. So yeah, I, I totally agree. And um, there's. It's, it's too many similarities, to be perfectly honest. It's both, quite weird both, and quite both freaky. Ex, both played midfield, both ex-players before going into management of ours. And both were underestimated massively. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't want them. No. Because I mean, loads of people didn't want George Graham because he came from Millwall. And yeah. said, oh, he's done nothing. He's did, mm. uh, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of similarities. Now... Pretty much start sort of uh, finishing up soon. Now, I hope so. What? <laughs> what? Oh, nice. what your... You know why? Because my wife just texted me, but I had it on silent mode because I'm tired no, of you guys. I'm tired. I'm tired of you guys. for once. I'm tired of you guys laughing at me every time I have. It's funny, man. It's funny. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Andrew. You, uh, anyway. Did you find anything else that you wanted to to talk about um, on the show? I'd so, like... I, I know, said so have a look for some of those negative tweets out there that you uh, maybe <laughs> want to bring up. What did you sort of uh, find? Did anyone find anything that we haven't really discussed already? Um, yeah, negative wise, in terms of football, I've gone, apart from obviously what's happened today, but that's that's another reaction. The only negative tweets I've found were what we've experience in the last few days Andrew which I'm not going to go into oh I know I know no that's another that's another story altogether mm. and um I've been up yeah I've been really affected by all that sort of stuff so I don't want to go into that because I could no, no, it, no. it's in a whole new show altogether completely separate issues what about you Alonzo I've got to take your missus again that's her new ringtone oh, I turned silent mode off Oh my God. <laughs> um, I'll be right Alonso, back. Hold on. What about yourself? So there's news that came out recently that Adidas is not going to renew Ozil's contract, and basically is because of negativity of towards it, yeah, which is kind of discouraging. Um, to be honest with you, because of what Ozil's done in the past to help out, um his own nonprofit organizations and helping out, you know, uh, kids in Africa and what he's done as far as humanitarian work. So I think it's kind of unfair for Adidas to do so. Yeah. Uh, it just shows you that all they care about is uh, looking good. Mm-hmm. And that's a shame. Yeah. But that's, I'm not just, that's not just a, a Adidas. It's just all big corporations nowadays and they don't take anything into account other than sales, do they, at the end of the day? Yeah. But yeah, I, he's um, he's done 
I have to I have to go before yes. my before my wife comes in here. I, I refuse I refuse to let you guys see her drag me out of here. Um, it's a shut up. I hear you laughing, Ryan. Um, <laughs> Ryan's dying. To, <laughs> die, Ryan's dying to see her kick my ass on camera. Uh, just a hand comes down. And <laughs> you just see a pair of legs <laughs> shoes up. Uh, <laughs> it was a pleasure, guys. I'll talk to you all soon. Okay. <laughs> Take care, mate. Bye. Nice to speak to you again. Bye, Bye, Ryan. Ryan. Later's. Um, uh, Melvin said. Well, what was it? Does that mean we're going to lose Arteta to Spurs? Absolutely oh, not. No. Not in a million years. Uh, Arteta inherited a lazy squad. This is Tony Turner that, that dropped tools. We should be in third place team on paper and we have been in the form table. The first 10 goes under Arteta. Uh, I just I, I don't even want to think about it. It makes me too miserable thinking about if we'd have changed... Um, oh, the greasy one after the Europa League final when we should have yeah. done where we could be now it just uh, it, so annoying it's just looking looking back that just baffles me what top team at any cup final loses 4-1 mean, knowing what it meant meaning the Champions League we missed out on that so twice he messed up in a matter of a month and he kept his job you know I, I thought about this before I got on um the, the pre-match was so negative before um, because of the location, the allocation of tickets, the formation, um, Czech versus Leno, who's going to start. Mkhitaryan. Yeah, Mkhitaryan yeah. as well. So all those things were just, it was like not going to work out from the beginning. And as gunners, we, were, we, were, we stay optimistic. But when reality sits in, the first goal, the first goal went in. He knew it was not going to be good. So, um. and exactly that's why we shouldn't know <laughs> dwell on it too much, really, because let's just look we look forward with some anticipation to this new season, and let's just see what it brings because it's just unlike any other start. Well, I know it's not a start of a season. It's just weird, isn't it? It's just weird, but um, we're, we're continuing the season, but it feels like a new season. Yeah. But it, even if it was, it's completely and utterly like nothing we've ever seen before. So we don't yeah. know form before it all stopped. It's going to mean nothing, isn't it? And it's just like, who knows what teams are going to... Uh, uh, be good or be bad uh, and how they're going to react to all this. It's really hard, isn't it, to understand really how things are going to sort of play out. In my heart of hearts, I, just, I still think the bigger teams are going to beat the smaller teams and, you know, it just depends who's going to win the battles between the smaller teams. Mm. Uh, and I think the bigger team just going to carry on going. And also, I'm really annoying. I, I wanted to sort of rub Glenn's nose in it because... I listened to a, a podcast we did a few weeks ago when I said about uh, one of the big teams, what it's going to take is for one of the big teams to make a, a big purchase and it, the rest will start rolling and, and try and keep up with the Joneses. And he said, no one's going to spend £50 million on a player, not Chelsea, not City. And I said, no, oh, you watch and you wait. And look what's happened with Chelsea. And uh, just proving right with Timo also, Werner. And that's apparently... Just the tip of the iceberg. I think they're going to be spending around 150 million this summer. Hey, Glenn. I mean, sorry, Andrew. So, Ryan, um, 
from what I heard, the league or was it the um, premier person with the entertainment of England, London, England, sorry, said that Kroenke is allowed to dip in some money to Arsenal. Is that true? And so how does that work out? Kroenke's going to give us some money, did you say? From what I heard, yes. Is that not I think he's going to uh, service the debts, isn't he? I think he's going to cover the cost. No, guarantee the costs of servicing our debt, Mm. which um, eases some banking restrictions and keeps our, you know, AAA grade credit rating or something along those lines. It doesn't mean that we're going to get an injection of cash for all players. No, no, I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's purely... I think when it comes to transfers, we're going to do exactly what we did last summer. With like, for example, the Pepe deal. Do it. Agree a, a fee, but in stages sort of thing. Right. Yeah, over, yeah. over the course of X amount of seasons or whatever. Depending on how much you know, I, I'm not sure though, Ryan. I, I, I don't I'm think if, we're going to do that. Well, in a way, in a way we, we are. But I, I genuinely think we're going to borrow some money in the same way that Tottenham did. Mm. I think we're going to pay for... A, knows, if we can get party, for example, I think we're going to pay for it. But then, obviously, because it's a bank loan, it gives you the opportunity of paying it back over time anyway. And obviously, it's an extremely low interest rate. So we'll probably do something like that. And I'm hoping that we'll do something like that because someone put on Twitter the, uh, yesterday, if you could only buy one, who would you buy, Parte or Upamecano? And all day long, I mean, as much as I want to, to, from what I said earlier about um, uh, Zach Medley and Upper Mc, I do, I do want us to buy Upper Meccano. I'm not <coughs> stupid because he is further down the line. I was just trying to make a point that people can't write our players off without even watching them play. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. just if <laughs> say Eddie and Ketia, for example, I'm going off topic again from what I wanted to just say. But say Eddie and Ketia was was playing for a Bundesliga club. Leipzig, for example, people would be creaming themselves thinking, oh, we should go and get him. He's a really promising young player. Mm. But because he's an academy player, it's not as exciting, is it? You want It's like yeah. chucking your old toys away on Christmas Day because you've got some nice new fresh ones. Because you've already got them, it, it's not quite as exciting. So anyway, that's the tri- point of trying. We need to give the, the kids a chance. But exactly. yeah, about Partey and Upper Meccano. I do want Upper Meccano, but we've got... The biggest problem is for me is, is midfield, hundred percent. You know, yeah. and Partey is immediately is transformational for our team. I think yeah. immediately transformational over and above a central defender. Suddenly, if you brought someone like Partey in or Partey himself, the likes of Tavera, you'll see a lot more from the likes of Lucas. Lucas, because they're not really sick because of how Xhaka plays. Mm. And when Deuce is so young, you're not getting the best out of Lucas. When they get, we're only getting glimpses of it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Whereas if you put him next to someone who's seasoned and that's his role basically next to him, he knows what they're doing of, and he's physical as well. You're going to see a lot more of Luke. You'll see a better version of what we've got of Lucas. I I also can't get it out. I've said this before. I, again, once again, listeners, I do apologise for repeating myself. But I can't get it out of my head that Sabios would be an absolutely perfect partner for Thomas Partey. Mm. Sabios well, would be well, so good. 
But I'm saying there's options. That's, that's what I'm, got Lucas, got Dave, but, if he stays on. It's it's all whether we can keep Sabios. That's that is really irritating me to be perfectly honest because it's very difficult to know what to do. Because if we can't get a party or a party type player, I don't think it's worth keeping Sabios because well, he needs someone. He needs someone like him alongside him, uh, like Partey alongside him. And you know the games that before I love him. The pandemic. Um, I think that you know Sabios and Ozil had to go together too. Mm. Because... So I... Yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, go on. Go I was yeah, going to say, if we can get... there's an option. I wonder if there's an option whether we can extend Sabios on loan for another year. That would yeah. be ideal. You know, I've heard I've heard rumours that there's an op- they're not an option, but there are discussions yeah, about but, that. Yeah, but I mean, things have changed, haven't they? The, the whole financial climate has changed, so it potentially might be back on... might yeah. be possible. Um... I really do hope we can keep him because I see a great player in there long term. He's only, he's so still so young, but he's got something that you just can't buy. He's got that enthusiasm and burning, you know, fire in his belly. He loves the club. I can tell that it's true. He loves the club, and you can't fake that for me. You can't fake it. You, you just tell. And I think he's uh, he's an Arsenal player. He gets he gets Arsenal. And that's a really hard thing to find. And you, like I said, you can't just go out and buy that. He's, just, he's, he's the right attitude. And um, he really showed glimpses of what he can do uh, this season under Arteta when, once he started getting back in the team. Hmm. So fingers crossed uh, we can get another chance to see him shine because I, I've, I've got a good feeling Arteta really likes him as well. And we haven't had a player like him since he had... We haven't had a player like his mobility and his talent like Santiago Zola. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, he, I think he's ideal to play alongside a, a Thomas Partey. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed because um, if we can get... Again, it's all ifs and buts, but if we can get Thomas Partey, you know, I've, I'm, I don't think there's any smoke without fire. It's all over the the, the media, isn't it? So it's got yeah. to be something there. And apparently his dad's come out again today, um, I saw on Twitter, with another quote about his um, release clause and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And us, and uh, it, whenever you Google Thomas Partey, the only team really that actually comes up on any of the Google search results is Arsenal. So, yeah, it's, I say hopefully there's no smoke without fire. But anyway, if we did, if we did get someone like him, then I, I think we're we're pretty good, really. Yes, we could do with another couple of players on top. However. We not we wouldn't be desperate. I think that that is really a big key because if we've got a, quite a, a good midfield, then Andrew, I, I have a question for you for both you and Ryan. Mm-hmm. Would, would you loan out Ganduzi? No, no, I wouldn't. I I think he's he will come on in leaps and bounds under uh, Arteta. What do you think, Ryan? Under Arteta, I wouldn't. If it had been under someone else, like yeah, uh, exactly. Names, then exactly. Yeah. Same. Uh, if it was still the greasy one, I, I, I would have because I was worried about Grenduzi because I thought he was just uh, learning so many bad habits that were going to be really difficult to get rid of. So um, I would have had no hesitation in in protecting him by cool. by loading him out, but. Under Arteta, I think he's he could really learn an awful lot and flourish. He's he's got so much ability, and I, I love the kid, but he, he's still got a lot to learn. So he, I, for me, he's not a, 
a first choice starter in the first 11, but I would definitely want to keep him in the squad and use him on a rotational basis and um, have him as a sub and, and give him minutes, but not every every single match from the start just yet anyway. Um, Tony Turner, if you get Torreira back deep and use Partey and Ceballos as box two box-to-box, box, you've got a hell of a midfield. Exactly what I mean, Tony. I, I totally agree. I think that it would work. So it's quite mouth-watering, I think, because the way that they could complement each other with Partey's big, strong power and um, running ability. Ceballos, we know, that hasn't got, um, you know, he's not like a massive ball carrier and with bags of pace, but I don't think you need to be with with someone of his type of of skill. I think he is just a a midfield controller, a real sort of uh, the oil oil in the engine, if you like, sort of with his ability to turn really quickly, lose a player, create a bit of space and and lay a good pass off. I think it would be a a really mouth-watering midfield. Just pay the effing forty two. Well, I'll say fucking. Just pay the fucking forty two million pound release clause. He says, and I totally agree. And even at forty two million for someone of Partey's quality, bargain. It is in this day and age, even in even in the uh, this financial climate. So yeah, sorry, Alonso. What? what I have saying? a question. I have, I have another question. Would you guys, if you get Party and um, Sabio stays and Tierra stays, would you all? Uh, switch formations like a four four two. I would go four three three if we could get party mm. straight away overnight. I think that's the, that's the only thing holding us back from doing a four three three. Um, having a good quality midfielder in that vein, um, but it, it mean that Arteta would need to make some bold, brave decisions by leaving certain players out. But he's the right man to do that. I don't think he's got any issues with that whatsoever. What do you think, Ryan? Would what would you do if we got Partey? Would you formation was same as you? And again, he, I'd be confident in him, in him making them right decisions though, and then bold like, who's going to drop, who he's going to yeah. play, the rotation. I'm confident in that. This is a guy who's not had any experience going into this in the sense of being the being the the, the guy, coach mm-hmm. manager wise, and he's making all the, he's saying all the right things. He's making all the right choices. I don't know if you saw as well a few weeks ago an interview of him and Ian Wright, where he I said, love that interview. I, I, I want, "So good." I want people that want to be here. If I've yeah. got to convince you to stay or come, I don't want. That. He goes, <laughs> "Mean you know what that mean? What Arsenal means to this, that, and the other." I know it's it just, but it's very sincere when it comes out. You know that it's not just what it's just a load of bullshit that he's spouting out because he knows that's what we want to hear it's, it's nothing of that it's all sincere yeah. stuff you can tell that that's what he means and that's what I really really love about it all um, but yeah I, I would 100% go, switch to a 4-3-3 I think long term for me that's what I, what I think he wants to aim towards but he hasn't got the players to do it just yet um, but that would be like Tony said, if you get Torreira back deep and use Partey and Ceballos, I honestly think that that, because of the age bracket of those players as well, because I think Partey's only 27, he's prime. So I think if you had if you had Partey, Ceballos and, and Torreira, genuinely, I can't see a better midfield in the Premier League. Can you? I mean, I can't. Especially when you've got, you know, people like Gwendouzi to, to rotate with as well and... Uh, 
we're obviously not even mentioning people like you know Mesa Ozil who we've got for another year whether we like it or not um it's a strong I, midfield that is really good and I think with I think with Arteta you, you see a different Ozil as well because I think Ozil wants to be here now I think I think when Emery came and Ozil was here, or remember Emery was here, Ozil was here. There was like a lot the, of the greasy one. Sorry, the greasy right, one. one. That's yeah. all. He he was he was sent off with Ozil, and I think that with Emery, he knows Ozil. He knows Ozil's mannerisms. So I think Ozil is born again. I think he he thrives on being happy, of course, and I think that I think. Emery has faith in Ozil where the greasy one did not. And I think there's a lot of friction with that. I think that, you know, good times are, 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 are with Ozil again. You know, I don't know. I, I've always liked Ozil. And so, you know, it's just it's tough. It's a difficult man. one. It really is a difficult <laughs> yeah. one because I, I would – another player we haven't discussed, actually, who I really, really have high hopes for. And we spoke about him last week, so I'm not going to um, <clears throat> sort of dwell on him too much. But I've got so much high hopes for Emil Smith Rowe, and I would oh, love yeah. him to come in. And um, at the end of this year, because like I said, we've got Ozil for another year, whether we like it or not. So I would really like for uh, Emil Smith Rowe to come in and almost be mentored, use the last year of Mesut Ozil's contract to mentor Emil Smith-Rowe in, in some way, really. Because I think that he's the natural person to step into his role because he's mm-hmm. he's got so much ability, but he's stronger, quicker, and got much more about an all-round game than Mesut Ozil ever has. I think it, he, he's got the potential to be world-class, I think, Emil Smith-Rowe. Do you he's, hit- a, he's a natural successor for Mesut Ozil, I think. Do you think that he has a future in England as well? Smith Rowe? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's really highly thought of by the club. And he's not... And again, I, I, I keep saying this, I keep repeating myself, but he's not at Huddersfield for any other reason than mm-hmm. just to get his fitness back up, play against some big, you know, real men rather than playing in the under-23s. He's purely at Huddersfield just to get his match fitness and strength built back up after injuries. So that's the only reason he's there, but he's ripping the place up. And then the fans love him. The the managers who are absolutely top draw lower league managers, the the brothers, uh, what's their name? Uh, help me out. Huddersfield guys, formerly Lincoln oh, managers, the brothers. Dan, Dan and what's name? Crowley. Crowley, yeah. No, Crowley, yeah. They are really good managers for him to learn from. They are very, very good tactical managers. Um, so it's only going to be doing him the world of good. But I, I honestly think that Emil Smith Rowe's got the world at his feet. He's got. Um, he didn't show his best when he had a few appearances last season because he was been carrying this injury for a long time. Uh, he never got into his stride. But don't let that put put you off because there's so many fans who are. Too, far too quick to jump down these kids' throats if they don't look like world beaters from the first moment they set foot on the pitch and you just get slated. Oh no, no, he's crap. He's get rid of him. He's rubbish. Send him out on loan. Blah 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 blah. Don't give him a chance. So just give this kid a chance, and, and I, I promise you, he's he's going to be special. So I, I would really like him 
actually to be the successor to Mesut Ozil. I wouldn't actually advocate going out and buying, you know, a really expensive player to replace mm-hmm. him. Someone like a Grealish or whatever, it'd be great, it'd be lovely. But I, I just, I feel passionately about Emil Smith-Rowe coming into the team long for for a long term role, and I don't want to put too many obstacles in his way, especially people that haven't got the right attitude and love for the club. Uh, Carol said, Emil Smith-Rowe said there is nothing better for him than to play for Arsenal. And he's he, Again, he's been at the club since he was a little nipper. It's going to be very, very special to have all these, these academy graduates around the first team squad. Uh, you can't... It's that bond that they've all created together, watch each other, growing up in, in the ranks. And if they can all sort of in and around the first team at the same time they're all going to be so positive and you can't buy that sort of experience so very very um, exciting we screwed up by not loaning Emil Smith-Rowe back to Leipzig again this year it would have been great but I don't think he was ready at the beginning of the year was that right Tony I think he might have still been injured last summer I don't think he was ready to go back out maybe I'm wrong it's been it feels like years ago now <laughs> beginning of this season uh, have you seen much of the uh, videos of him that have been doing the rounds, Emil Smith Rowe's highlights at Huddersfield this year, uh, uh, Ryan? Yeah, bits and pieces I have, yeah. Now, I've been, <coughs> this has been out there. From what I can make out, he has been doing doing what we need him to do in the sense of getting game time, putting man in the match, man in the match performances. Yeah. And the Huddersfield fans themselves, they're loving him. Mm, absolutely. And like, like I said, he's playing against you know seasoned professionals, you know, very experienced guys in in the championship. It's, it's probably one of the world's toughest leagues to get out of, isn't it? The championship, mm. and uh, they've been fighting for their lives in Huddersfield uh, because when the yeah. the Crowley brothers took over, they were absolutely bearing in mind they were a Premier League team last year. They were rock bottom of the league, weren't they? When they yeah. took over, so they've been battling for their lives since he's been there and he has shone, you know, and that, that says a lot about his character and his, his, his talent, obviously. Hmm. Um, but I don't think, yeah, like I say, he was still injured, Tony says. I don't think we could have gone back to Leipzig this year because of that. Um, but it's good that he's um, been playing week in, week out at Huddersfield. And I, I, whether you've played every single match at Leipzig, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. He may have done. But... Um, if he didn't, if he'd gone back out there again and hardly played, that would have been even worse. So I'm glad that he's playing each week. Is it, did, did, he, did he go? Did he go wrong this this winter, or was it last summer? He went. Um, uh, yeah, he went in the winter window this year. Okay. Uh, January yeah. went to Huddersfield. So was it six months long? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because he was in. He was at Leipzig last season but he got mm. injured and missed pretty much the whole season I think near enough I don't think he played hardly yeah. any games at all which is right a real shame and obviously with the manager that they've got he would have learnt an awful lot but I wouldn't underestimate those Cowley brothers because I think they're they're really um, good tactical managers as well they've done extra- exceptionally well they've sort of they've been in, their rise has been in the mould of uh, Chris Wilder isn't it and with really yeah. with what they've done so did, I did, think he's in good hands. Did, didn't we beat beat the Clare Brothers Lincoln a couple of years ago in the FA Cup or was it Carling Cup or uh, the, the uh, League we, Cup? 
Yeah, we do. I mean, they they were at. Uh, I mean, they got Lincoln out of the the conference, didn't they? Into League Two, and then immediately from League Two into League One. I think I'm right in yeah. saying. Yeah, immediately. So it's been a couple of years ago, right? We've played, we've played them. We did, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure we did. Um, FA Cup, for, yeah, FA Cup, not last season, the 2017 season. Okay. Yeah. Is it, so it had, League, League is Two, it, were they, I think, at that point? Or I, think, I think Theo scored that game and so did uh, Permanent Soccer pit, scored that game, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, it was a center back that scored a game in that game. I forgot who it was. And Wilcott scored. And I forgot who else, but it was, it was they, they were quite enthusiastic. The yeah. brothers were, yeah. Well, they were, they were League Two then, not last season, the that, season yeah. before. They would have been that's a League, League Two team. League, League Two going, that's about going to League One, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. There's no no mean feat what they've done, so I think he's in good hands with them anyway. Anyway, I think that's pretty much all the questions. Have you got anything else you'd like to go through, either of you two, quickly before we go? Because I think we're um, going an hour and a half, so we might as well start wrapping up. Do we have time to go do the predictions on the format and the league and the lineup? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. All right, if we give our own lineups what we would do, not what we think that Arteta would do. Is that right? Is that what you want to do? Right. Yeah. that? Because yeah. it's it's going to be very difficult to to guess, but if we give our own options, what we would do ourselves, yeah. Okay. So you go first then, Alonso. Yeah. All right, I'll start with Leno. I go Keeper. I'll go uh, Bellerin. I'll go Murray. I'll go Luis. And I'll go uh, uh, Timmy. Hmm. In this field, I will go with um, Zaka, Ceballos, and Ozil. And three up top, I will go Pepe, um, Bumming, and Saka. Oh, no. Yeah. Fair play. So you go 4 3 3. Yes. Very attacking lineup. I like it. I think um, might get a bit exposed with the, the City midfield, but mm. go toe to toe with him. You never know what's going to happen, do you? What about you, Ryan? What would your lineup be? Uh, Leno in goal, Hector right back, Mari Louise, Kian Tierney, then midfield. I would have it'd have to it'd be Sabios and Glan, uh, Glan, uh, Lucas Torreira. Is he available though? Because yeah. I'm not sure. I, I don't think is. he's played. Yeah, I don't know whether he's hundred percent ready to start, Torreira. I don't think is he. I don't know whether he played today, but he didn't play against Charlton. I don't think he's quite ready because he had a broke. Obviously, still recovering from that broken leg, isn't he? I don't know oh. whether he's match fit. Well, if he's not, if he's not available, then obviously you have to put Xhaka in, in in his place, and then then they go Meza, Pepe, Saka, or Martinelli. I'm not. Why we made up on the left side and the Bamiang down the middle? Because mm. uh, that come off the second in the second half. Come on, come on in the second half. Already or something. I like think. That. Uh, I think. My, I think you've actually. I think I would do. I think you've actually chosen the team. I would do. I would have the same back four, same goalkeeper, obviously, and with our current 
squad, I think I would stick to what he was playing before, which is the four-two-three-one. I would have. I'm going to say that Torreira isn't going to be ready, so I'll, unfortunately, I'll play Zach Jacka <coughs> and Sabios. Mm. Then in front of them, I would have. I don't know whether I'd start Martin. I think I would start Martinelli, funnily enough, and have Saka on the bench, which is a strange thing to have. It's very tough to choose between those two. Yeah. We're quite lucky in that respect. But I'd definitely bring on Saka. But I think I would start Martinelli and then Abamyang through the middle, um, Pepe on the right, and Ozil in the sort of the 10 role. But. Yeah. I'm really, I've got a good feeling about Pepe finishing the season really well as well. You know, I think I don't think there's any. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't. I don't know if you noticed that Arsenal have been putting out a lot of videos about Pepe, saying "Happy Pepe, Happy Arsenal" or things things like that. <laughs> Here, here's a little montage of Pepe's amazing skills in training. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. Actually. I don't think they'd be doing that for any other reason of the fact that he's in, he seems in really good spirits and he actually seems like he's really sharp. I don't know, maybe reading too much into it, but we'll find out next <laughs> I mean, I really like Pepe anyway. I won't be surprised yeah. to see him, but I just, I really would love to see him finish the season with a flourish, really. It'd be amazing, wouldn't it? A fully firing Pepe. Because he's, if you can't see the skill that 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 guy's got, I don't know whether you should be watching football. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> you know he's, he's he's so talented. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I hope that this this period of time that that you know during the shutdown that he's been able to sort of settle in a lot more. Um, I might see the best of him. I do think that. Um, that. Arteta's going to do something different though, and I, I'm wondering whether he's going to start Nketiah, have a Bamiang left, and Pepe right, have Nketiah through the middle, you know. Hmm. I'll be surprised. And Lacazette on the bench. So I, I really do think that you can't underestimate. And I wouldn't even be surprised actually <coughs> if he had a Bamiang left, Nketiah through the middle. Nelson on the right instead of Pepe mm. as well. I wouldn't be surprised with that either. Mm. What you guys think? But I, I yeah, he, he loves Nketia. He clearly loves Nelson as well. As well, yeah. I think in a way they're starting out pace, which is always good against the Manchester City. Yeah, and and um, Nelson works supposedly <laughs> works harder than Pepe. However, I think that Pepe's work rate was quite underrated before the shutdown. Mm. I, I I don't know what some people were watching because I've seen Pepe. I mean, when I went to, the last time I went to the Emirates was the Newcastle game. He was working hard and he was back at the right back slot quite a lot, you know. I don't know if you, you, you guys noticed it as well, but he works yeah. back more than people think. Um, anyway, I know he's not well known for that, but I, I, I do think that he gets slated for not working hard enough when he he does do a lot more than he's given credit for. But yeah, what's your, to finish off then, what's your predicted scoreline? And Ryan, I'll go to you first. Well, I've been, I've been Tough to say, I know, I know. I won't hold I've to stick, it. But... I've been sticking to it. 
So I'm going to stick with it now. Three-one Arsenal. Wow! Rather just because we've got we've we've got something to fight for. They haven't domestically. They haven't got anything to fight for. They could no. lose a Champions spot as well. So I mean, let's face it. They, they may. They may as well be mid-table, mightn't they? Really, mm. <laughs> you know, for, they're going to get top four, top but one. they're probably it's not going to get one. Europe yeah. anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's weird. They're in a weird situation. They've got. They're still in the FA Cup. Mm. Um, got to be probably favourites for that because I don't. You know, have, they, have they lost a cup game domestically for about fifteen years? I don't think they have. Have they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they must have lost one actually because we've won four FA Cups, but anyway. uh, three FA Cups, I should say. Now, what's your predicted score, Alonso? I I think it's a shootout. I think it'll be three two to Arsenal. <laughs> three two? Did you say? Yeah, I yeah. think I, I think it'll be uh I think you know player the players gonna score. Um, I think that, and they're rusty, so they had there's something to prove. And they're both attacking teams. Well, you got, you will hope they will be attacking. Um, I think that it'll be a, a big, it's a big game. Um, so I think people will go for glory more in uh, yeah. the usual game. Very good. I've, I mean, I've been consistent all the way through. I don't think we we'll lose. I think that. My heart of hearts, I will go for Man City 1, Arsenal 2. I think it's quite tight, but I'm really confident that we, we won't lose. So, hmm. Carol, I've, do you know what? I've, I've completely forgotten to talk about Willock. I'm not going to go through it this in this episode now because we've obviously been going on for far too long. But Willock, I, I also get so frustrated about all the, the criticism he gets as well. I I love Joe Willock. I really got I really think Joe Willock is a great player. I can't see him at the moment in his current I, I don't know the, the way that he is at the moment, I think he'd be a fantastic player to bring on, especially with the five subs situation. Give him the last twenty minutes. He also has got one knack which you cannot teach and that is just to Get in the box exactly at the right time. Do you see that's the goal he scored against Charlton? He's quite typical of, of Joe Willock, I think. I think he's a, a really good player in the making. He is one player who would be ideal to actually send out on loan next season, potentially, or maybe for six months. But again, when I say that, I am really keen at the same time, so I'm quite torn, for those players to get um, the the training and the coaching from Mikel Arteta, I think it's going to be so valuable to them. Um, so I'm quite torn on it. But if there's any one of them that maybe would be worth sending out, I think it's uh, Joe Willock. But I really, really want to keep hold of him. So I think I, I see good things for him in the future as well. Um, Carol says she is predicting two all. I'd be quite happy with that as well, Carol. Tony, don't forget the FA Cup win also gets us into the group stages of the Europa, which is, um, yeah, consolation prize. Uh, I, I really want to go all out for uh, every single game between now and the the end of the season anyway. So I, I think that going out of Europe the way we did against Olympiacos now, I think that's done, a, done us a massive favour. 
because <laughs> the way that you, the European competition is at the moment, with uh, if it can go ahead, which it seems like it is all going to go ahead, um, with no no fans in the stadium anyway, and I couldn't see anything more depressing being in the latter stages of the Europa League with no crowd as well. Jesus, could it get any more depressing? <laughs> so, yeah. I'm not going to be sad at all to miss that. But yeah, I, I really hope we have a good run in the FA Cup to get to the final at least and um, finish the season strongly because it will be a great impetus to going into next season, won't it? So we'll leave it there then. Alonso, it's been great to have you back on again. Yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. Take care, bro. Yes, yeah, so you too. Take care, Ryan. And you See too. you again soon, mate. And Ryan, thanks again. Really good having you on tonight. And uh, yeah. Appreciate yeah, no problem at all, mate. No problem. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll pod together again very soon on yours or, or back on here, whatever, either way. Yeah, well, what's the plan for next week as well? Well, next week, actually, yeah, I'll just quickly announce. Thank you to everyone watching as well, by the way. I really appreciate all of you. Um, now, next week, we've got a couple of really exciting uh, shows. Well, at least one exciting show, I should say. I can't guarantee the other one. But uh, <laughs> we have got... I'm gonna, I haven't announced it yet. I gave a little bit of a hint yesterday on Twitter, but I'm really excited to say next week we've got uh, one of the best guitarists the UK has ever produced in Bernard Butler coming on the show on Tuesday. Former guitarist of Suede, um, McCalmont and Butler, amongst other things. But yeah, very, very legendary guitarist he's going to be on alongside the fantastic francis leach who is um the radio presenter straight from australia who's got an incredible uh, background in football and music a uh, big gooner as well he was recently on the arse cast uh, they, you may well have um, heard that episode where he was on that hilarious uh, guy and also um Tayo Papula is going to be on the show as well. So three fantastic guests all on the same show. Um, Tayo is back with the Tuesday Club. I don't know if you guys have been listening to the Tuesday Club podcast with Alan Davis as well. It's, it, it was running for years. It went missing for about two years. It's now back and it's absolutely hilarious. It's so good. So... Definitely uh, dig that out. It's on all your major podcast platforms now again. Uh, look out for the Tuesday Club. Um, and then on the Wednesday for the match, if you, anyone listening, anyone watching, is is worried about this business of piped-in fan noise and um, <coughs> don't really like the sound of it, but you still also want to have that bit of atmosphere, we're going to be doing uh, a live watch along but with a bit of a difference really we're not going to be sitting there we're not going to be an, uh, to analyze the game we're not going to be trying to commentate on the game far from it we're just going to be watching uh, there's going to be a group of i think hope maybe six of us watching the match just chatting to each other as if we're all together watching the match having a beer and creating that bit of banter bit of crowd noise uh, for for you all to watch along with and that hopefully we can all create that sort of little bit of an atmosphere where we're all watching it together we'll still have all the um, the comments on we can still interact by the comments section and uh, 
hopefully we can we can get that generate that fan atmosphere ourselves without being too sort of uh, <laughs> analytical about it. So yeah, hopefully we'll join into the shows next week. I might be doing another podcast on Friday to go through uh, a few more bits and pieces to to do with the eighty nine season, how that panned out. George Graham, the changes that he made to the team um, when he came into the club before that and how it mirrors this particular situation we're in now and how we can use that 89 experience and the rebuilding of the team that George Graham did to help us now as well. So I might be doing a short podcast about that on Friday as well. So keep your eyes peeled. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Please don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel if you're not already. And if you're listening to the audio versions, please follow the podcast and give us a five-star review if you're uh, listening on Apple Podcasts. That'd be really grateful. Once again, thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Alonso. Speak to you both soon. Thanks to everyone watching. And uh, yeah, up the Arsenal. Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. We really need your help to spread the word about From Dar Square to Where. So if you haven't done so already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to the From Dar Square to Where YouTube channel and hit the notification button so you never miss a live show. And finally, please tune in to the live shows. Don't forget, you can get the chance every week to be the star alongside Andrew and his great guests just for being the most entertaining viewer on the night. Thanks again and see you on the next episode. Bye!